Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening. This is Urban Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. We want to continue our series on how to know if you are an alcoholic or you may have a drinking problem. Before we do that, we want to do what we always do. We want to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit through prayer. Holy Spirit, Lord God, we ask for your guidance, your direction, your counsel, and your comfort. Let me speak only of that which you give me, nothing of myself. Father God, watch over, take care of, and bless all of those and lead them to Christ Jesus, Father God, all those who are suffering from alcohol and addiction. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to get right into it. Um, We have been talking about how to know if you may have a drinking problem or you may be an alcoholic, the signs. And we've gone over a, a litany of them, but it's so important because one of the things that I spent a lot of time doing was researching, am I really, really, truly an alcoholic? Am I really, truly an alcoholic? And to be honest, most of the times I would just read them on the Internet. And they would have maybe 10 and they'd say, well, if you can check seven or eight of these boxes, you're probably an alcoholic. Well, I would check those boxes and I would move on. But what I realized is when someone said the signs of alcoholism to me, communicated them to me verbally, they reached my soul, which is your mind, your will and emotions. And I would ponder and I would think on those things. So that's why we are kind of sitting in this space because the bulk of the emails and the feedback we get on is, well, how can I tell? How can I tell? How can I be for sure? So I'm going to talk more about them today. And I'm going to talk about the relationships, the destruction of relationships driven and caused by your drinking. And I'm going to talk about those who are closest to you, meaning if you're married, your wife, if you're not, your girlfriend, your husband, those who see you in your active addiction. And one of the signs that you may be an alcoholic is ignoring, dismissing, Feedback, criticism, and courageous conversations from those who are closest to you. What I realized in my active addiction was there were multiple people in my immediate circle, family, friends, and loved ones, who were taking the time to warn me of the path that I was going down. Now, what did I do with that information? Hmm, I ignored it. But what I'm saying to you is, don't ignore the feedback, the courageous conversations from those around you. One of the things that the Lord showed me was the reason he equips us with family and friends is sometimes we cannot 
see all that we are doing and all that is going on in and around us. Because a part of addiction is self-centeredness, self-internalizing, self-justifying. Just find a word and put self in front of it, right? Self-excusing, making excuses. Because one of the things that the enemy does is he deceives us. He's, he's deceived us that alcohol is our God. We can't live with it. And the greatest deception that he does is that we just can't live without it. I just remember him saying that to me, like, if you quit, what are you going to do? What happens when you get stressed out? What happens when you got a problem? And, you know, I had my first drink somewhere around 10, 12. So, we figure that I had been drinking for 30 plus years. So for 30 plus years, my crutch, my support system was based in drinking. Think about it. This is just, I'm just being honest with you. It's just, that was my, my relief, right? Another sign of it is, so your, your friends and your family, they start to pull you aside. They start to talk to you. And if you feel defensive or you are making excuses for your drinking, you may be an alcoholic. What do I mean? Here's it. Here it is. Well, I was stressed. So, yeah, I had one, two, three, five, six, seven, ten drinks and got drunk and passed out in front of the kids. But I was stressed. When you start to make excuses for your behavior. One of the things that manifested itself with me in my alcoholism is that no matter what anybody said to me, I wasn't listening. I was too busy giving them my excuse. When you are giving excuses for your behavior, when you are drinking, you may be an alcoholic. You may be an alcoholic. So think about that. Think about that. If all you are thinking about is what you can do, to relieve your pain, to relieve your stress when you're using alcohol as your distraction, right? Your escape from reality. So practical example, when things got stressful, my wife and I, when we weren't doing good or things weren't going well with my family, and I just wanted to escape. I wanted to escape my reality. Right, things not going well at the business, and just that that feeling of something's missing, something's not right. I don't really feel good. Uh, this isn't the life I should have. I, I know my life should be better. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna check out. I'm just gonna check out. Meaning, I'm gonna go get drunk. I'm gonna go get drunk because I want to escape. If alcohol is your escape. That is a sign that you are an alcoholic. I'm going to take it a step further. So as you go throughout your life and you think about it and you look over it and you say to yourself that I really don't feel whole until I have drink. I really don't feel whole. If you talk to the alcoholics, you can talk to me. Man, it was like, you give me two, three drinks, it was like my whole world changed. 
it was like I put on a Superman suit. My confidence got way up, and that's why they call it liquid courage. It took away my fear. And one of the things I, I love about being in rehab, they keep it honest with you. They say that alcoholics and addicts are controlled by 100 forms of fear. But amazing thing happened to my fear when I had those drinks, man. You give me those first three or four vodkas and tonics. Oh, man, it was like I felt whole. I felt whole. And for those of you who are not alcoholics and, and addicts, you it's hard for you to kind of understand that, meaning like how could a drink make you feel whole? It was like this missing piece of me had been plugged into the puzzle and now I could go. Now I could go and do things. I could accomplish things. I could talk to people. It was a wholeness. But the flip side of that is it was only for a short time. Pleasure is fleeting. That feeling of invincibility and all of that, on the other side of that, was the consequences. That That's what... I never really wanted to think about the consequences of, of that drinking. So if the only time you feel whole is when you're drinking and you may be an alcoholic, you probably are because that is a major sign that you're addicted to something. When your feelings, when your, your mind, your will, your emotions and your body and your feelings all line up behind something that is not God, that means you're addicted to it. That means you're addicted to it. And that can be a lot of things. And it has, I've been very honest and forthright that I had other addictions besides alcohol. And every one of those addictions, when I was active in them, as soon as I did them, man, everything lined up. It felt like, it felt like feelings but our feelings lie to us our feelings lie to us we cannot live our life by our feelings and my feelings when i had a drink there was a spike in them is that dopamine i felt good and i just i wanted more and more it, it just set off a craving so when you have a drink and you watch everyone else enjoy their drink and slowly sip their drink. But you, when, when they're still on their first one and you're on your fourth one, that's a sign. That's a sign, my brother and my sister. And that's how it used to be. I would look over at my boys and they're enjoying their drink. And man, I'm, I'm like, hey, where, 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 where can I get another one? Bring me another one. I'm on three or four and they're on one. That is not normal. And another sign is when you're saying to yourself, you're, you're strategizing about how much you're going to have of something, that's a sign of a problem. That is a sign of a problem. Who strategizes? Who builds a business plan around how much they're going to drink? And before I stopped drinking, I had to do that. I had a plan. And some nights, I'm, I'm going to walk you through. Here's a practical example. If I was going out and I didn't want to embarrass myself, what I would say is, okay, I'm going to start with beer. So at home, I'm going to drink three to six beers. Now, when I get to the event or the club or party, I'm not going to have more than 
five or six vodka tonics. Then I'm going to switch back to beer. And in between all of those things, I'm going to make sure I drink water after every drink. Look at all the iterations I just went through. And I'm giving you a shortened version of my plan to drink. I was planning to drink because I knew that I didn't have the self-control. So I had to plan. And most of the time, the plan didn't work because once I got that liquor inside of me, it set off that craving and it was a craving I just couldn't control. So my beers will become 12 beers. My, my six vodka tonics will become 10, will become 12. I'm drunk. I'm embarrassing myself. It was the same cycle, same cycle. So the Lord took me back to the book of Genesis. One, one day my, my mom calls me up and my mom said, I got a word for you. And I said, okay, well, what's that word? She said, you need to read Genesis 3. And it's going to expose how the enemy was working and is working in your life uh, when you are in addiction and what you're going through now. And when we look at that and you look at Genesis and you look at the fall of Adam and Eve, it wasn't that evil wasn't present in the garden. God said that you can, hey, do anything you want, basically. Now I'm summarizing. But do not touch this tree. Do not eat of this tree. God knows that when we experience evil and sin, it tends to win out. We enjoy it. Now, for all of the pain that drinking caused me, when I think back on it, I thought I was enjoying it. I thought that I was enjoying it. And one of the principles that I have when I think about Adam and Eve, had they never eaten a forbidden fruit, they would have never experienced evil. So it was present. And if I look at my life, if I would have heeded my grandmother's warning, son, you shouldn't drink. After that first time I drank, she saw like, oh, he don't do well on alcohol. So stay away from it. Then I would have never known again what it was like. So I treat things that I could get addicted to this way. I just don't take the first one. I just don't take the first one. One principle of being sober is don't have the first drink. So I'm fine. I'm fine as long as I don't have the first drink. And the longer I'm sober, I'll be very honest with you. I don't miss it because the more distance I put between myself and that substance and the Holy Spirit works in me to, to wipe it from my conscious and my subconscious, honestly, I don't know what that feels like anymore. So it's hard to miss something that after years and years, you just don't know. I don't, I don't know what it feels like. Now, the problem would become if I took one, if I had a beer. Well, guess what? It's all going to come rushing back. So I just don't take the first one. So, in all honesty, I like sweets. Well, let's break this down. So I have to develop a strategic approach to sweets because I could quickly, and I would say this, when I stopped drinking, I noticed I picked up some weight. 
So I said, well, what's the culprit behind this? Well, a lot of people don't understand that alcohol has a lot of sugar in it. So my body, even though I wasn't drinking, it was still craving sugar. So I would end up eating candy like Jolly Ranchers, Lifesavers, you name it. So I would, I would eat that stuff. So <laughs> I realized like, okay, son, here you're becoming perhaps addicted to this candy. So we got to develop a strategy. So I had to develop a strategy. So around my sweets, I try to eat them on Saturdays. Now, on Saturdays, I may indulge a little bit, right? But through the rest of the week, I try to stay on a strict diet and, and limit that. So I, I'm bringing this all back to you is that I know that as I point out these signs, I want you to see practical examples of one, how do they manifest themselves, right? See this in your own life and take off the rose colored glasses, sit down and ask yourself, do you see these? And then ask your friends and family. And if you're in your active addiction, they're already telling you these things. Sit back and see and ask and receive it. Receive it. The way to know you are an alcoholic is to receive what the Lord is saying to you in and through me today. He's pointed it out. We've, we were going to talk about this. We we're going to talk about it as long as the Lord has put it on my heart. Because what he's saying is he wants to heal you. But healing starts with, one, I know I have this problem. And the other sign is if you feel like no one understands and no one else has this problem. You probably have a, an addiction, whether it be alcohol or something else. When you feel like, because what Satan wants to do is, you're the only one in the world that's experiencing this. Because then, if he can keep you caught up in, woe is me, no one understands. And if I tell it to somebody, they're going to judge me. That, man, that's, that's his greatest game. He kept me so in bondage around that sin and that shame and that woe is me and no one will understand you're the only one with this problem. And he wore me out. <laughs> he wore me out. Well, let me tell you my strategy now against him. And my producer, Vicky, will tell you this. When I fall down, meaning I sin, I mess up, I do something I shouldn't do, and it happens. Now, I, don't, I haven't drank, but there's just still character defects that I deal with, right? So as soon as I do something, I tell somebody. I tell somebody, no matter what that is, and I said, listen, I messed up. This is what it is. Because I get it to the light as soon as possible. Satan works in the dark and he works in our ignorance. So what I used to do is I would mess up and I would put it in my closet. No matter what the sin was, I'd put it in my closet, I'd put it in the dark, and then he beat me up. He just beat me up with condemnation. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Admit your sins one to another. Admit them to God. He's faithful to forgive us, right? So I learned to keep my conscience, my soul, keep my spirit clean by as soon as something happens, I get it out. I go talk to somebody. So get you an accountability partner, get you a friend that you guys have open, honest dialogue. So when you fall down, doesn't mean that you're drinking, but I'm just talking about daily living. 
And if you happen to fall down in your drinking, whatever the sin is or the problem is or your addiction area, if you fall down, go tell somebody. And then I need you to get back up. My dad always says, get back up. When you fall down, dust yourself off and get back up, right? And you can get back up. The enemy wants us to stay down. So do not allow yourself to stay down. And I was, don't sound surprising, I was a prideful person. So one of the ways I combat my pride is when I fall down, anything that was in my closet, anything, there's probably not much you can't, I haven't said about myself or I have not written about myself. And I do that on purpose. People say, well, your level of transparency, do you ever regret that? No. And here's the reason why. Because one, it keeps me humble. Because people come up to me and they say, oh, man, I, I read just, oh, man, you used to be a raving drunk. Or people, people are mean. I'm sorry. Not all, but some. They want to keep you where you were. So people come to me and they say, well, the last time I saw you, you man, you was drunk. How you, I, I don't believe that you're sober. I think you still having a drink. This is stuff that people say to me. And these are supposed to be people who are your friends, right? I had some, she said, oh, no, I don't. I, I don't know, man. Last time I saw you, man, you were so drunk. That was years ago. And you know what I said to her? I said, yep, you're right. I was drunk. That was then. I said, oh, I'm still drunk now, but I'm drunk on the Holy Spirit. And I walked off, right? That's, that, that's, what, that's how you handle them. So I don't allow people to have power over me, meaning you can't tell me anything that I haven't already said about. So when someone walks up to me and says, oh, man, you used to drink too much, or you were drunk, or you were this, you were that, man, I already said that. What else you got? What else you got? Take power away from people. Take power away from your addictions by raising your hand and saying, I need help. And when you fall down around them, then you admit to the Lord, you admit to somebody else, let's get this stuff out in the light. Because the healing is going to take place in the light. God is light. God wants to heal you. So as you look at and you review all the things that we've talked about are signs of your addiction and alcoholism, internalize them, accept them, and then raise your hand and let's get you the help you need. You can find that help at HamptonMinistries.org or from BeerToTheBible.com. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back 
You can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. I want to close out today, and we'll talk more next time, but I want to say this to you. I needed three things. Three things when I got to rehab, very simple things, and I, I had not really heard them a lot. I needed love. I love you. I needed faith, which is in Christ Jesus, and I needed hope. What I'm offering to you today is hope that you can recover in the Lord from your addiction, your alcoholism, or whatever it is that is causing self-inflicted suffering in your life. And I want to leave you with this. The love, I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus. And the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.